just a week before a celebration about students earning mastery, master scholars. No one was in sight from the media. But when you see black and brown kids struggling with friction, they're gonna show up. It's incumbent upon the adults to hold students accountable regardless of grade level or age. I'm not gonna put my certification on the line for anybody, not even my mama. But my job is to protect and ensure outcomes for all children in the Marlin Independent School District. Produced by Podcast Architects. Welcome back to another episode of The Path Forward. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Rick Fernandez, and I have a very special guest today, a guest you are going to recognize right off the bat. I want to welcome Dr. Daryl Henson, joining me once again on The Path Forward. Doc, welcome. Glad to be here as always. Thank you for having me. You know, I want to set the stage a little bit before you start, um, because obviously you've had a, a heck of a couple of weeks Definitely have. I definitely have. And we're going to dive into that, but I also want to put all my biases on the table as we have this this conversation. Um, number one, it's no secret that we're friends. Yes. So I am biased towards you and, and definitely feel an affinity of what you're going through and what your school district has gone through. The second part of it, I've lived my own piece of this um, in, in a former district where yes. I totally understand that. So I'm biased with the understanding that no matter what's being said out there, you most of the time, people don't have all of the information. So I do want to put that on the table. But I'd also like to say, you know, we have not spoken about it um, other than arranging a time to meet. I have not had the opportunity to ask you any questions. Uh, the only thing that you told me was that everything's on the table. Everything is on the table today. And I think if, I, if I'm honest about us being friends and colleagues and all that, I would also say that we are very much okay with challenging each other. Yes, sir. So through the conversation, I'm probably going to push back. I would expect that, you know, you do the same, but let's dive in. Last couple of weeks, I know there were some issues with graduation in Marlin ISD. Take us through exactly what those issues were. So at the beginning of the year, Every student not only gets their class schedule, they also get a graduation plan that outlines the path to meeting all requirements. Mm -hmm. There were checks throughout the year from counselors, from leadership. But we have to keep in mind that you have to make sure that you stay on track to finish from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. In the second semester of their senior year, we had a number of students still missing classes not completing assignments and courses. So when it comes time to do the audit, and let's talk about it, what was the audit? Who mm -hmm. did the audit? We always do an internal audit because as you know, at graduation, you have to read the script that all students have met all requirements outlined by the Texas Education Agency. And I don't know about you, but I'm not gonna put my certification on the line for anybody, not even my mama. So I'm going to audit and I'm going to check. Sure. As we're going through the files on that weekend, myself, our chief academic officer and our chief operations officer, we're noticing that not a lot of students are completing everything, all the various requirements. We keep going through and we're looking and we're looking. And by the time we finished on Sunday evening, we realized that five out of 33 of the traditional high school students had met all requirements 
and we hadn't even got over to the five students in our alternative education program. What's your initial reaction? You see what it is. You're sitting there with very little time to rectify. What's your initial reaction? So we have four days until graduation. And I said, OK, we have to call a meeting with the kids on Monday morning to just let them know the status and also inform them it's time to get on the ball. Mm -hmm. We still have 96 hours. The time is not up, but it's time to put it into overdrive to get to the next level. Now, if I was going to push on you throughout the course of the year, do you feel like there should have been some other things in place to maybe catch it before it comes down to that last piece of the audit? I would say that level of motivation and accountability from the adults mm -hmm. that can always been increased. Sure. And then you can never over communicate in my opinion. So if you look at things that that could have been changed, I would say that's more stern. I'm going to force you to finish. I'm going to force you to complete. We call it motivation, right. sometimes extrinsic, but eventually it'll fall on the inside of the student. So that level of oversight sometimes. We just can't say, well, they're 17, they're 18. They're also students. And this generation, they're up late at night, TikToking, Snapchatting, scrolling through Instagram, laughing. They may have forgot to complete the assignment. So I always say it's incumbent upon the adults to hold students accountable, regardless of grade level or age. Take me through the meeting with the students, because obviously that's always the hardest part, right, is, is having to break some bad news to kids. How did that go and how did you approach it? Yeah, so as a superintendent, I'm highly involved. I'm always all in the business. Sometimes I hear superintendents say, oh, I, I want to be around the kids. Well, then go be around them because I'm around our students constantly. And so we go into the auditorium on Monday morning. We call the senior class down and I'm up there speaking. I'm saying, look, guys, we have 96 hours until graduation. But if I'm being honest with you, only five of you all have met the requirements. We're not going to make any decisions, but you're going to have to get back to work. You're going to have to get on it. Well, all it takes from there is I'm going to text, call mommy, daddy. Mm -hmm. So you was grown enough to skip school, but you're not grown enough to hear I need to get back on track. And so then a parent puts out a Facebook post, uh, a long one. I don't even know what it says about the meeting. Only five kids on track. Well, let's be honest. Anytime you see a community that's predominantly African-American or Latino in despair, oh, the media's going to come down for that. We had just a week before a celebration about students earning mastery, master scholars. No one was in sight from the media. But when you see black and brown kids struggling with friction, they're going to show up. So now I'm getting phone calls from the media about what's going on in Marlin. And I'm like, what do you mean what's going on? Well, we saw a Facebook post. Then we have a parent actually call students, some students over to a park. Half the class went, half the class didn't go. Now you have a local media outlet interviewing students mm -hmm. and they're stating inaccurate information. Now here's the big thing. They put the camera in a child's face and they asked the girl, so kind of talk about your issue. The young lady states, well, I'm not getting credit for my typing class. Dr. Fernandez, typing Probably hasn't been a credit since 72. Now, this was before I got to the district. Right. It wasn't BCIS. It wasn't principles of technology. Of course, typing is going to be a local credit. It shouldn't be a credit anyway, but that's neither here nor there. Right. But then it was stated highly inaccurately that Marlon ISD was having students 
complete whole year credit courses in a number of days. That put the integrity of every student's classes and transcripts into question, so I had to go back and do a further audit. So let me ask you this, because when it's not only you know disheartening and for the community, the students, everybody involved, but when it comes to questioning integrity, how did that feel, that first kind of gut punch of when you got the sense that they're saying, well, now there's a problem, so we're just going to push them through as fast as we can? So I've never operated like that. We're, we're going to do the right thing at all times. I've said often, and I'll probably say 10 times more today, the standard is the standard. And we're never going to have our students' academic success called into question. Marlon ISD has struggled for 10 years. Yep failed academically, we went from a super F to a rating of an 86. That was done through, yes, hard work, dedication, but also accountability and integrity. And knowing that we just regained our accreditation, I'm not going to do anything as the superintendent to put us back in the same situation that we were in just to make a few people happy. All because you want to turn up at the graduation party this Saturday, you want to celebrate before you complete. But my job is to protect and ensure outcomes for all children in the Marlin Independent School District. Now, obviously you had to have some staff rally around to make some things happen. What was the message to the staff? So when we called the staff in, they're, they're all on board. And so we said, listen guys, we have to all work together. Whether it's some stay after late to allow students to make up um, attendance seat time, or we have to tutor some students now a little harder just to make sure that as they're completing the assignments, they're not doing it for practice. They're, they're actually still learning content and information. And everyone said, we're on board. So that's why between that Monday and that Thursday, original day of graduation, we had an additional 22 students meet all requirements. Because the students got on the ball, our faculty and staff said, as always, we're going to go above and beyond. And as of today, right now we have 36 students who have met all requirements. So it has been a combination of student, parent, and the school all coming together to show success for our kids. Now, obviously, this hit the news wire, like you said, and you know how that stuff smiles. Black and brown kids in despair. Put it on the news. I mean, it, it, it took off like I mean, viral almost instantly. Talk me through what you're thinking, what you're feeling, and, and who was your first call once you knew it was exploding everywhere? So I would say my first call was to Larry Lewis. Who's Larry Lewis? Tell me Larry. Former superintendent of Lancaster ISD. Okay. When I'm speaking to Dr. Lewis, we're just going through the motions about, okay, here's what's going on. Because he's a thought partner. I have a handful of mentors. Dr. Jim Bashak is, of course, doc, Dr. Rick Lopez, Dr. Roosevelt Nivens, Dr. Robert Boss, the people who I call on all the time. But I called Dr. Lewis and said, Doc, let's talk through this a little bit. And as... I'm just speaking with him. He was like, brother, you have to make sure that you maintain the standard. Also, conversations with Richard Carranza. Mm -hmm. And so same thing. He was like, make sure that we're managing this very well and that the communication is there. And so I do thank Mr. Carranza for taking the time to just speak with me on what is it that we can do to make sure that we're maintaining trust within the community. But I've said, even at that parent meeting on Wednesday night, and we could dive into that as well, no amount of social media pressure or media pressure is going to have me change 
or lower the bar for our students. They are capable and they will meet the standards set forth by the state, but they will also meet the standards set forth by this school district. How hard is it in the moment when, and I'm sure, I, and I don't want to speak for you, but I know my own situation, you do the right thing and yet you worry about how doing the right thing may affect your career, uh, may affect your ability to do what you love. How did you get through that or if there was points of that where you're thinking this is, what does this do after the fact? Talk me through how you, you are totally right. And so you're making these decisions and you know that you're making unpopular decisions because parents of seniors, a small minority, will think with emotion above logic. Right. It's their baby. It's, it's their baby. Yeah. It's boo-boo. Yeah. Well, get boo-boo up, get them to class. Right. Tell Pookie to complete all assignments. You don't have any kids named Pookie. Don't even, I'm not even no, that's the nickname. <laughs> the name could be Robert, but <laughs> we're going to call him Pookie. And so we have to make sure that we're still operating from an emotional space because education, we're all about people. But logically, there's guidelines, there's expectations. And so the way in which I felt is this is a difficult decision, but leaders lead. If you don't want to lead, then don't become a leader. It's not about doing the popular thing or, or being liked. I have a great family. I have a great a friend base. If a random person doesn't like me or makes a comment because I'm holding a standard, because we have expectations, because I'm going to maintain the integrity of the Raleigh Independent School District. Well, I guess you don't I guess you're not going to like me. Then. Sure. You're going to talk about me. Get your thumbs ready and hop on Facebook and, and get to going, because at the end of the day, it's all about the students who we serve in the Marlin Independent School District. But doesn't it also speak to who you are? You've got to have enough belief and enough faith that no matter what the outcome is, good, bad, or what have you, you've done enough and built enough and people know who, the people that you care about. Yes. They know who you are. I would say as an educator, we all have a brand and a reputation. Mm -hmm. Every educator does. My brand and reputation outside of my tailored suits is the fact that I hold the standard, that I am a true educator. And so everyone that I've spoken to, and I've gotten tons of calls and texts, is like, this is exactly who you are. You have not changed since 2006 to 2023, over a 17-year career. And if you're consistent in your actions and people understand your heart, your motive, your drive, and you're truly about kids, then that includes accountability. This same level of doing things the right way is the reason why we went from a rating of a 56 to an 86, having the state's highest academic growth. This same level of accountability and community rallying and support in a good way is the reason why we passed the bond for the first time in Marlin since 19, who knows whenever. Right. And so it's these things to where in Marlin, we know what's working. A lot of the noise is coming from the outside or people who don't even have children. Right. I get it, I'm an easy target not to like. Well, then take it to Jesus, because at the end of the day, we're here to serve children. I'm here to serve other people's children who are in front of me like they're my own. And that's the mission, that's the motto, and that ultimately is the vision that we'll have going forth forever, as long as I'm an educator, and as long as I'm a friend of children in Marlin, and of course, across the great state of Texas. You know, as you're going through it and there's usually two paths, right? And sometimes it's it's don't say anything and just keep your mouth shut. 
and move forward and let people think what they're going to think. And you chose to hit it straight on. Was there ever a moment that you're questioning, all right, should I just come out and let's just get, let's just call it like we see it and talk about it? Or is it better just to keep quiet and, and let people assume and we'll just handle it internally? How'd you make the decisions? Like, I'm just going to hit this head on. I believe in transparency. You, you have to show your draws sometimes. And, and whether it's good or it's bad, we work in a public education system. It is not a place for secrets unless you're discussing personnel by law. Right. But everything has to be above board. So whenever you have concerns and mistruths and inaccuracies coming out in the media, on social media, oh, no, let's talk about it. Sit me down in front of a news crew. Let me go in front of parents. Now, once the information is said, you can believe whatever you want to believe. You can take whatever you want to take. Right. But the truth will always be spoken. Oh, you're lying. You're not telling the truth. That could be your perception. I'm telling you that one plus one equals two. You can say it's 11. You can say it's 49. That doesn't matter. One plus one equals two. So this is what this is what has been going on. This is what's taking place. Here's what we're doing. And things are constantly changing. Let's be real. There probably needs to be more of an appreciation that an audit was done. So that students were not called back in October, in February and March. And we said, psych, that tassel, go ahead on and throw it back to the other side. Your diploma is no longer valid. That would be the true story. That would be the scandal. Not the fact that we have educators in the district who are doing our jobs along the way. It is to catch things before they're released. I want for our children to graduate with a lifetime warranty of that diploma. And now there's not a factory recall and they have to come back and say, sit down or make up attendance hours. So to bring it back full circle, you said that there was a second parent meeting or, or the apparent meeting um, after everything had been hashed out. How did that go and how did you approach it? So the original plan was to have, have a parent meeting, but in full transparency, people from the community were asking to come because everyone likes mess. Oh yeah. You know, it's, yeah. we have, we've had open meetings before and, and it's empty. I mean, you can stretch out on the road, but when it's a mess, oh, we're going to show up now and all of a sudden be, be advocates. How come you weren't advocating for children to get to class on time? How come you weren't advocating and saying, let me help, let me tutor along the way so you can't complete your courses? But that might be 17 hours of another episode. <laughs> so at the parent meeting, we have the leadership team, myself, and the meeting began at 630. There was no agenda. There was no time frame because it was important to hear their concerns. Sure. Even through the, the even through the emotion, there's value in what people are saying. And so as parents are saying things as um, failure, failure of leadership, you had other parents saying, I have to put it on my child. So the opinions were varied. Of course, the most vocal are going to be the negative voices. Mm -hmm. It is easy to not take ownership. I can blame anyone for anything. But the part of turning from a young man or a young woman into a man and woman it's ownership. It is self-accountability. Yeah, we could talk about hard work and dedication all day and say all the cute phrases, but is, am I at a point in my life to where I can look in the mirror as an 18-year-old and say, you know what? I have, only I can hold myself accountable mm -hmm. to a certain level. But at that parent meeting, we got up and you're right. They, they were coming for me and there were a few threats being said. And I'm like, just standing there like, okay, well, at the end of the day, you have to have this many credits. That's right. 
At the end of the day, you have to have this percent. Well, you're changing the rules. Okay. Well, I didn't know that I was Sam Houston and Stephen F. Austin. I'm not the father of Texas. So I'm not making up <laughs> rules. My job is to follow the rules. So it's, we're thinking with more emotion than logic, but it's my job as a leader, as a superintendent, to always try to instill logic back into every situation. So how did it turn out when y'all left? Did you feel good about the outcome? Did they feel good or at least better than when they entered? Overwhelmingly, the majority of parents have always understood. Sure. Notice, we haven't had a big outcry from parents because they understand that their child was missing certain requirements. And so it's our job to support them. This, there is no full blame on the parent. There is no full blame on the student. There is no full blame on the school. Accountability is shared across the board. And so after the meeting, the parents understood. And that's why so many students from that Monday to that Thursday, 22 were able to make up their seat time and complete all of their requirements. But I shared in that meeting, okay, well, whenever you invite outside people into our business, we're also now allowing outside opinions. Growing up, my mother would always say, you keep the business in the house. Right. So now it's on Facebook. It's going viral. We're on certain national podcasts. We're on national media outlets. And I'm on national news interviews. But everyone's making an opinion. Racist comments. Bigotry comments. There was a picture of our band turning up, getting hyped. I knew this was a black school. Oh, I bet they can play football. Oh, I bet they can dribble. And then now everyone wants to get upset. Ah, don't talk about Marlon like that. Hold up. We, we put ourselves out there. Speak to that a little bit. You know, we put ourselves out there to allow outside opinions. And so now it's, no, Marlon's a great place to be. Marlon's always been a great place to be. But now you're in defense mode trying to defend Marlon because, let's be honest, the perception of Marlon over the past two decades has been so negative. Over the past three years, we begin to kind of turn the tide. And they're like, see, we knew it was a fluke. We knew y'all people down there were, were, were cheating the system, doing credits and days. And so now everybody wants to, oh, no, no, the, the kids aren't lazy. The kids aren't smart. Stop, stop worrying about people's opinion. Opinion go both ways. Sure. The same way that you try to get the likes and shares and support on Facebook, the love, you're also going to, you're also going to get the hate right back. You know, that's an interesting dynamic when you've got internally people are upset and then they realize as it blows up around them what happens when all of the outside forces start to, to really take shots at the district, at the community, at the kids, at the teachers. They don't ever anticipate that. They Correct. never think that it's going to come to that. They're, they're, you know, they're living in their anger in their world. But that's a great point that when you do that, when you attack your district or you attack your community, you open it up for attack by anybody anywhere across the world. That's correct. And that is very destructive. And I, and I hate that that happened. And I, I understand parents being upset, no doubt. But I feel bad for the kids. Exactly. Because they call Marlon ISD home. I feel bad for the students who are still there. Because you have so many people speaking so negatively, negatively about you in your community. You could one day begin to believe that mess. And there's nothing wrong with Marlon. That's the reason why we had the highest academic growth in the state of Texas. Texas is a pretty big state. And to have shown the most growth, that lets us know that you are capable of learning. But kind of going back to just the parent anger, 
Dr. Fernandez, ask me how many parent emails I had received even up until last week. How many? Zero. Everyone's mad and upset. And I'm just scrolling through my email like, can I, can I get one? Can I address one? So you're saying not one parent. Not one. Now, I mean, now I might get a few because I said, sure. y'all need to email me. Like, get off Facebook and email me. And not one. Settle. I don't know how to say zero in any other language, but none. Why do you think that's happening? Why do you think that it's, is it because of the mess? It's just the, the emotional outrage of it. And then they, they immediately go outward. Yes. It's the, it's the, we rather have the emotional mess than come to a solution. And I'll say that boldly and honestly. And if you really wanted a solution, then you will work with the principal, the chief academic officer, the superintendent. You would seek a solution. But sometimes it's easier to get the backing from people. Oh, it feels good. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm right. See, oh, yeah. I'm right. See, I'm right. Let's 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 rally behind it and talk bad about the district. Talk bad about Dr. Henson. I'm like, you all could talk bad about whoever you want to talk to. Last time I checked on page 47 of the TEA manual, students have to do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight to graduate high school. If all eight aren't done, you can say whatever you want to say. They're not going to graduate. Also, we're not going to do pity graduations. Why didn't you let the five walk? Let everyone walk and hand them a fake diploma. No. Why? What's your philosophy, babe? Because I've been in districts where that's, that's happened. That's right? the, but then at the same time, that, that's the problem. I'm letting you celebrate before you complete. Mm -hmm. We have to make sure that we hold this standard. Well, how come you didn't let the five graduate? Now, that was, now that's the whole thing. You're punishing the five. Ask me how many of the five came to me specifically and asked me, can we hold graduation? How many? Zero. And if you want my honest opinion, it will probably be unfair to them. Why do they get to graduate five students in a small ceremony, but then the other 33 of their peers get to have everyone for all the Instagram moments, for all of the, the TikTok, me and my girl, I graduate, you know, but then it's you and five. Mm -hmm. That to me is more of a punishment because they get to celebrate with the masses and you get to celebrate in a small amount. How many of the parents of those five asked me to say, Let's hold a small ceremony just for the five. None. Yeah. I mean, I know exactly. I mean, absolutely truth. Absolutely truth. How hard is it in terms of the success that y'all have had, right? Because y'all have had, our last time you were on the show, we talked about the unbelievable gains. And our kids are smart. Oh, no doubt. So smart. you clearly you've got smart kids. You've hired a great staff, got a great team and moving in the, in the direction probably nobody thought was possible. Surely not as quickly. And during the pandemic, you're right. How do you make sure that the staff and the kids stay focused on that? And instead of letting this this blemish. Yes. So right now we have to oversaturate their memory about what we have achieved in their role in achieving it. There's no success in education without student success and staff success. I'm only one person as a superintendent, but every award and accolade that Marlon High ISD has earned, especially this past year, is because of the children who sit in desks, who participate on fields, who dance on dance floors, and who toot them horns in the band. And so we have to remind them that despite what is being said, despite the negativity, you all have to have a little bit of a harder shell. And it's unfortunate. You have to be more like a duck and let it roll off. And those are going to be hard talks. How do you have that talk with a 13-year-old? You know, sick, you don't know what's going on. You're still trying to open your small juice box up. 
But when you're 12, 13, you're fully aware. When, you, when you're 15, 16, you know what is going mm -hmm. on. And I think it's going to be our job to remind them the greatness of the city of Marlin, Marlin ISD, and that every time they wear a T-shirt, a dry fit, Nike, because we wear Nike in Marlin. Oh, Lord. Um, we, we have to. We're going to be fly. Every time you represent your school district, despite what anyone might say or think, you better go out there and show them even more. I'm constantly going to be on overdrive when it comes to the minds and mentality and emotions of our children, especially right now. How do you talk to a student, a, man, a black or brown student, and talk them through this and talk them through what you may be seeing or hearing isn't the truth about who we are, what we can accomplish? How to be very honest and tell them that the world in which we live in, there's always going to be stereotypes and bias. Things that we, you naturally feel and then you don't really feel to you like 25 and you're like, oh, wait, folks really are racist. Oh, my goodness. I didn't, I get treated differently because of the color of my yeah, skin. It exists. I it's mean, not, it, yeah. it, it, it exists. And so even though we might experience, experience it like hardcore when we get older, but these children, start, they're starting to hear these things now. So it's just honest, honest talks about it. And I don't want for them to push it down and bury it down. So I think we do have to remind them of who they are, that you, that, that you are kings and queens, that you are capable, that you are successful, that, that you are love. And far beyond the motivation and the rhetoric, but they're actually get the opportunity to experience and demonstrate their greatness and boldness often. So we're going to remind them through their own actions and not just our words. That's very well put. And, you know, kudos to you for for putting it to students in a usable form, because oftentimes we we say things or it's big, broad strokes and we don't give them the tools to navigate through some of that turmoil that they're going to see. Produced by Podcast Architects.